On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. This is Victoria, and boy, do I have something awesome to share with you today, and it's all about your brain. I love neuroscience, and I love the connection between neuroscience, kind of what science, I'm going to say, quote, proves, and what we know from the Bible about our brains and our minds. The Bible tells us to take every thought captive. Well, what is a thought? A thought is actually made up of chemicals, proteins, and has has residence in our brains, literally. Dr. Caroline Leaf would say that your mind directly impacts your brain. And to me, that's just astounding and amazing news because if our mind, if our thoughts are directly impacting our brains and we don't like the outcome of that, the good news is we can change our thoughts. That's essentially where we get the Choose to Think podcast. We are choosing to think. The Bible goes on to tell us that we can be transformed through the renewing of our mind. And think about this one we can actually transform or change our brains. Your brain is neuroplastic. It's There's neuroplasticity, which means it's moldable. And your thoughts are directly influencing the, the structure of your brain. To me, this is astounding because if I want to have a good, healthy life, it has to start with our thoughts. I've got to have good and healthy, sound, and true thoughts, because those thoughts are going to influence my brain, literally the gray matter. And once I'm influencing the gray matter, that's where you start getting habits of thoughts, mindsets, attitudes. And believe it or not, our thoughts actually influence our emotions and our feelings, which in turn influence our behavior. So it's a wonderful cycle to get started. Now you can go to the reverse of that and just think about bad or toxic thoughts are generating bad or toxic feelings or emotions, or at least unpleasant ones. And sometimes we get stuck there which in turn may influence our behavior and the choices that we make, our actions. You know, when I was stuck in depression back in 2016, I really couldn't see my way out. But the way out, as it turned out, was to take my thoughts captive, was to start thinking about what I was thinking about. And that became the linchpin of all linchpins and the tool that I needed to start me on the process of what I call mind renewal or living with a fired up mind. Now, what's in this for you? Well, you could be stuck in some really icky emotions and feelings and thoughts, and maybe you're not exactly enjoying your behavior these these days. Maybe you're stuck in a toxic feeling. Now, I'm not going to say that our feelings are toxic by any stretch. They're God-given. However, if we get stuck there or if we're kind of in a slump and not able to get our way out of those or make our way out of those, then yes, it, those thoughts and emotions and feelings could lead us to some really dark places. But the flip of that is that 
there's life and vibrancy and health and wholeness just waiting for you on the other side of taking your thoughts captive. I know that you want to live in joy. I know that you want to live in peace, not chaos. God is not a God of chaos. He offers us peace. Well, what does that mean? And I can always tell when I'm not exactly feeling peaceful or full of peace, something's amiss in my thought with my thoughts. So I always go back to my thoughts because God is not a God of chaos, but he's a God of clarity and peace and joy and contentment. It doesn't mean that we're always going to be joyful and bubbly and all of that. Of course, that's absurd. We're human beings and we're going to have our ups and our downs. But I'm talking mainly when you have so many thoughts that are toxic and you just are like, oh my goodness, I can't stop this. I'm believing lies. I am limiting God in my situation. I am giving way to fear. When you begin entertaining those types of thoughts, then it's probably time to do a U-turn. And that's really what this ministry is all about. Today on the show, we're actually going to dip into Psalm 92. And I've been rolling around this Psalm for weeks now, trying to figure out what's a little nugget that I could share. And I found some information in my research, a couple things. I'm going to read you some quotes about this amazing psalm. And I like to read psalms and pick out a few verses that maybe I've heard before, or maybe they really resonate with me. And I think, okay, let me connect the dots here. How does this particular psalm that was written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, how does it apply to us Christians today? And what is the practical application between our faith and the proclamations and the declarations in this psalm, which is a song, S-O-N-G, and how can I make that relevant and practical in today's life? And there's one little line in the psalm It actually starts out this way. It says, it's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. And that got me to thinking about our morning and nighttime routine. You know just how important those routines are. Some of the leaders in this world swear by the morning routine, what they do those first few minutes of the day. Now, I'm not going to go back through, do these 10 things in the morning, but I just want it to be a little reminder for you to do simply one thing in the morning, and that is praising God. So we're going to look at that little aspect. And then when we're talking about praise, I'd like to talk a little bit about brain connection there and what's happening in our in our brains when we do give praise to the Lord. I love to wake up each morning and say, and I don't care before my feet hit the floor, whatever's going on, whatever has gone on, however I've slept, good, bad, or any type of adjective in between, I like to jump up and say, today is the Lord that you've made, Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in this day. And I will rise, shine, and glorify you. And with all that's in me, that's the cry of my heart. And that's the way I want to begin each day. Listen to what one commentator says. And I'm reading from the Treasury of David, quote, talking about these first verses of our Psalm 92. He says this, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning. He's going to kind of unpack that a little bit. And he's telling us, hey, the day should begin with praise. No hour is too early for holy song. Loving kindness is a most appropriate theme for those dewy hours when the morning is sowing all the earth with 
orient pearl. Okay, that's a little poetic there. But he goes on to say, eagerly and promptly should we magnify the Lord. We leave unpleasant tasks as long as we can, but our hearts are so engrossed with the adoration of God that we would rise just in time to attend to it. There's a peculiar freshness and charm about early morning praises. The day is loveliest when it first opens its eyelids, and God himself seems then to make distribution of the day's mamma, or the, the, like the day's bread, if you will, or the day's provision, which tastes most sweetly if gathered as the sun is hot, or before, I'm sorry, before the sun is hot. It seems that if our hearts and harps hearts and harps, have been silent through the shades of night, we should be eager again to take our place among the chosen choir who ceaselessly hymn the eternal one. And then he goes on to talk about, okay, so if it's love in the morning, praises in the morning, and adoration of God in the morning, what is it at night? Do you know? Well, he says, faithfulness. That's the time when we, when we kind of step back and we think, oh God, you've been so faithful to me today. Whatever happened today, you have been faithful. And the commentator goes on to say this, no hour is too late for praise. The end of the day must not be the end of gratitude. When nature seems in silent contemplation to adore its maker, it becomes the children of God to refrain their thanksgiving. Evening is the time it, it becomes ill, the children of God, to refrain their thanksgiving. I knew that didn't sound right when I read it. I skipped a word there. But evening is the time for retrospect. Memory is busy with the experience of the day. Hence, the appropriate theme for song is the divine faithfulness of which another day has furnished fresh evidences or proof. When darkness is settled down over all things, a shade immense, then there comes over wise men a congenial meditation meditative spirit, and it is most fitting that they should take an expanded view of the truth and goodness of Jehovah. This sacred shade and solitude, what is it? It's the presence of the deity. Every night, clouded or clear, moonlit or dark, calm or tempted, tempestuous is alike suitable for a song upon the faithfulness of God since in all seasons and under all circumstances it abides the same and is the mainstay of the believer's consolation. Shame on us that we are so backward in magnifying the Lord who in the daytime scatters bounteous love and in the night season walks his rounds of watching care. Oh, that is just amazing to think about that. So we rise each morning, a simple morning routine, and we're going to give praise to God. We're going to thank him and we're going to adore him. Before we even put our feet on the floor, we're going to set our hearts in tune with God's heart. And we're going to set our minds on things above. That little step in our day can make a huge difference in how we conduct our business that day. And then we pull it full circle Nighttime comes and we're preparing for bed and we get snuggled in and we do all our little routines to try to get a good night's rest. And and then we're, we're thankful again, yet again, but we notice in that moment of going to sleep and just as we're, as we're, our thoughts are drifting off and so forth, that God has been faithful yet again. In so many ways, he has been faithful to us. I really like how 
how this person puts it. His name is John Bloom. And it was from this website that I got on Desiring God. Sometimes I just Google and research and, and try to find some really interesting takeaways. And he said something so interesting. He said the commands of God. And when, and he's also talking about, for example, in this, in this particular Psalm, Psalm 92, he talks about, it's good to praise the Lord and make music to his name, proclaiming his love in the morning and his faithfulness at night. And then there are several declarations or kind of like commands, if you will, in the Psalm. And so that's what this particular commentator is referencing or this, this, he's a writer. And he said, these commands of God, like to praise him or to adore him, to give thanks to him, are life life giving prescriptions for our spiritual health. They're given to us to increase our happiness in God because God loves us. When God commands us to give thanks, not only is he instructing us to do what is right, he is at the same time directing our attention away from things that are draining our hope and fueling our discouragement to what will fill us with hope and fuel our courage. The commands are themselves graces. Do you know what he's saying there? He's saying when you get up every morning and before you throw your feet over the bed, before you put your slippers on and go get your cup of coffee or do your sit-ups or jump in the shower, before you do all of that, if you can get into the mindset of giving thanks, guess what's going to happen? It's going to square your thoughts directly on God, straight away on Jesus. You're going to fix your eyes on heaven, set your mind on things above. And when you do that, guess what you're, when you, well, let me put it this way. When you magnify God, when you really focus on him and put all your attention there and you're amplifying your attention toward God, guess what happens to everything else? All those things that you're worried about, those things that you're fretting over, those things that you're afraid of, those broken relationships that you would love to heal, the money that's not in your bank account, all of those cares and concerns and worries of the world, boy, they're going to be knocking at your door first thing in the morning. But if instead you choose to say, hold on here. I'm going to thank God for this day. I'm going to praise him and give him thanks and glory and adoration. If you purpose to do that from your heart, if you talk to him and maybe you put on a song and maybe even dance to him and that's how you get some of your exercise. I I do that sometimes. I want to be a fit and fab fab nana. Well, I got to have moves basically in everything I do. And so sometimes I I sing and I I dance before the Lord. I'm praising him and adoring him and thanking him. If you can do that, then what ends up happening? It's like you're taking a, a big, huge pail of water and you're pouring it on all those little fires that are just starting up and smoking and some are really flaming hot around you. You're taking a big bucket of water or fire hose, if you want, just dousing all of those and they lose their... It's not that they lose their importance, but they're minimized and you're maximizing God, maximizing what God says about you, maximizing what God says about himself and maximizing what God says about all your scenarios and you're squaring off with him. Maybe you have chronic back pain. Maybe you have a bad diagnosis. All of these cares and concerns of the world maybe knocking at your door, the door of your mind first thing in the morning. But 
instead you can best arm yourself by bending your knee to God and praising him and thanking him and entering into a time of thanksgiving. Now, this all gets better. So I think I've set up this basic path here that we're taking on the show today. And I've said, okay, we're looking at a couple of snippets from Psalm 92 and about the importance of giving praise in the morning. And then I'm unpacking that a little bit with just why that is so important. Because when you magnify God, you minimize all the other things that are happening in your life. You're, you've only got so much thought bandwidth, so to speak. And your focus, whatever you focus on, grows right? So you're magnifying your focus on God and thanksgiving. But get this, I stumbled upon this, which is also reflective of Dr. Caroline Leaf. It's another gal. Her name is Lauren Hansen. And I'm kind of paraphrasing from an article that she wrote called The Scientific Benefits of Worship. And again, I'm going to have all the links to these commentaries and the citations that I'm giving here, the resources, I'll have those in the show notes. But she, she she stumbled upon Caroline Leaf's research, and she just makes this incredible connection about what happens in your brain literally when you give thanks and when you speak all of your gratitude out loud and when you worship. And she says that researchers have found that when we worship, when we do all of those things, there's an increase in something called BPNF. All right. Okay. You don't need to know what that stands for, but just know that it's a neurotransmitter. Neuro meaning brain and transmitter meaning that it's transmitting something. And essentially this particular one, BPNF, helps you grow healthy brain cells. Years ago, they thought that once your brain cells were gone, they were always gone. That's not true. You can, you're still creating new brain cells. That's why it's so important to mind what you eat because you have neurons in your gut. So you want to make sure that you're eating healthy, whole, clean, or organic foods, because all of that's going to make its way up to your brain. Now there is what's called a brain, blood brain barrier, and only a few things can actually cross that barrier, but nevertheless, um, sugar sometimes can, and you don't want that. That's for sure. But you, you want to make sure that you're taking good care of your brain. You take good care of your gut, you are taking good care of your brain. You take good care of your heart, you're taking good care of your brain. So make sure that you understand that this whole neuroplasticity thing is real. And this is science that's saying this. If you really gravitate towards science, then you've got plenty of evidence and research and quote proof that will illustrate just how important your, your brain really is and the significance of your food consumption and the impact it has on your brain. So she says every morning we wake up with 300 million more brain cells. Can I repeat that? We wake up with 300 million more brain cells every morning. What kind of great news is that? Well, guess what? When we worship, gamma waves are created in our brain that help us to feel the presence of God. Now that's a huge statement, isn't it? But that's science, that's research, that's evidence-based peer research. But what does Psalm 22, 3 says? It says, God inhabits the praises of his people. That's probably what you were thinking. And so we're getting some sort of physical boost as these gamma waves fire in our brains while we worship. God has wired us for him. He's, you know, you you hear about rewiring your brain and the brain is neuroplastic. Well, guess what? We are wired for God. And if we try to 
connect into any other thing that's not God, we'll never find that happiness and health and wholeness that we're really after. Now I'm quoting her here as she goes on to say, gamma waves do more than just make us feel better. They actually increase our intelligence too. Research has shown that as you worship, you increase in wisdom and there's an increase in your capacity to understand the goodness of God. What? I just want to go as if, can I hear that again, please? Because what? She says, so your relationship with God deepens as you worship him. As you worship, your brain is comprehending wisdom from the living word, helping grow your capacity to understand that God absolutely adores you. Just seven minutes of worship every day will change your brain. And you know, I, that's in quote. And again, that was Laura Hansen. And you know, I call you a brain changer because that is what we want to do. We want to change our brains to truth about who God is, who God says you are and who, and what God says about your circumstance. Why is that important to you? It's important because there's a way that you can have the dreams, live the life that you want, that you desire, that you can walk in your purpose, that you can plug in to God's calling on your life, that you can live your life with peace and joy and health and happiness, contentment, no lack of any good thing. That's the privilege of being a Christian. And it all starts with our thoughts. And we're not alone in the quest. Obviously, God is intricately involved in all of this intricately and integrally. If, if I think that's a word. He's involved in all of this whole process. We rely on him as the healer to change us from the inside out. So listen, examine your thoughts today. Examine what you're fixating on and then include in your day moments, seven minutes of praise and worship, adoration to the God who created you with purpose, who has great plans for you, who wants you to prosper. And I know he said that in Jeremiah to all the nation of Israel, but we probably can make individual application to that scripture as well. So take hold of those truths. And if you're in a real slump and you're like, I'll never make my way out of this, give me a call or shoot me an email at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two or jump on over to my website, choose to think.co. You'll find me over there. I'm a, I'm a Christian thought coach I'm certified life coach, and I can help you gain clarity of thought and mind so that you can get out of the ruts that you may feel like you're in and like, man, I can't get out of this. Or you just need a brain brainstorming session. I'm your gal. I'll sit with you for an hour free of charge. No joke, because I'm so passionate about helping others find the clarity that they need in their thoughts. Helping, I can help you identify thoughts that are not godly. And you say, well, I already know all the thoughts that aren't godly. Okay. Do you know replacement thoughts, replacement thoughts that you can actually believe? And then how are you going to act differently because of the truth that you do have? All of those things are what I would just absolutely love to help you with so much so that I even wrote a book called choose to think it's a 365 day devotional. It is not too late to get it. You could start a devotional any day of the year. And listen, 
what people are telling me about this book. I never dreamt I would have such encouraging feedback. It's been amazing. They're like, Victoria, this is changing my life. It's a shot in the arm every single morning I get up. And they include that as a part of their time of worship and prayer. And they read this. It takes you five minutes unless you want to go deeper with reflection and say, write in a personal journey or look around at the scripture verse and so forth. It's very quick, but it's a great way also to start your day. So let me read this Psalm to us before we close out and just listen to the hopefulness that's found in this, in this Psalm. And listen, the very end of it talks about you as you get older. How do you want to be when you get older? What kind of Christian do you want to be as you age? Let's listen to Psalm 92. Psalm 92, the NIV version. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know, fools do not understand, that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever, but you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. And this is the word of the Lord. Well, there you have it, Brain Changer. We took a look at Psalm 92, talking about God's loving kindness and, and giving him thanks and praising him and adoring him in the morning, wrapping it all up with this wonderful reflection at nighttime with just how faithful he has been to us. And in the middle of all of that, suggesting and encouraging you to take just seven minutes a day to praise and worship God, because it literally changes your brain. Your thoughts matter. Matter of fact, I think that your thoughts are the most important uh, what could I say? The most important endeavor to recognizing your thoughts and really taking them captive, probably the most important endeavor you could ever make, even as a Christian, because God does have peace for you and rest and joy and health and wholeness. And it's, you know, we're very holistic in the ministry. You know, we got to eat right. We've got to make sure our relationships are healthy. We have to increase our, our faith in the sense of keep growing spiritually. And we want to make sure that we're walking in our purpose as far as wealth and our, you know, wealth goes and, and how we're doing our lives and what, what's our trade, those sorts of things. We're all very holistic on the, on the minute in the ministry and in our show, because our thoughts impact all of those areas of our lives. It's, it starts with our thoughts. So think healthy, true, life-giving 
thoughts today. Say healthy, true, life-giving words today. There is power of life in your tongue. The words you say are based on the thoughts you think. So let's get our hearts right with God today. God bless you. And thank you again for tuning in. I'll see you next week. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.